It's Thursday, June 22nd, 2023, and On The Mark Sports Talk is on the air. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Mark with a C. And for those keeping score, this is episode 164 in 164 consecutive weeks. How are you, Mark? How are you doing, Mark? We were going to have a new um, member come on today, but they, he called me, said he couldn't make it today. So eventually we'll see a new person, uh, a, a new panel member who's a big sports fan. So he, he'll fit perfectly when he does get his act together. Quick reminder, Michael Pollack voice of the Long Island Ducks will join us live on Thursday, July 6th. And for those who have been with us a long time, this will be his third time as a guest. And he'll tell us about the Long Island Ducks, what's happening with them, uh, and all the teams in their league. I, I bet you people don't know five or four or three teams in the league other than the Ducks That's and the team from Staten Island. I don't know if you know the other teams. Jersey Jackals. No, they're not there. What, 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 what are the Iron, Iron Men or something? No, they're not there either. <laughs> so uh, Michael will tell us all about that. Um, he's married about a year, has a little, uh, a little son. He could talk about that. The Ducks right now are 26 and 22 in their Atlantic League Um division they're in third place but only a game and a half out of first place and the way that league works they play a certain number of games i'm not sure that they play say 48 i think they play 60 in the first half and they get a winner and then they play they start from zero zero again and they play 60 more games approximately that's what they play so we'll see what happens okay I got a quick story, which I think you guys might like. <laughs> I hope you like it. Uh, I, I Can I assume everyone either showers or bathes at least once a week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if not every day, like, like me. Right. Okay. And, and after you come out of your bath or shower... Ritual. You dry yourself up. Always. And then maybe, maybe, I don't know what you do, but here's what I do. I, I powder certain parts of my, my bod. Uh, I deodorant <laughs> certain parts of my bod. And then yeah, maybe some of you take a Q-tip or a cotton swab to get the excess water out of your ears. And I'll come back to that in a second. If you have hair, maybe you hair blow, dry your hair, etc., etc. I want to go back to that Q-tip, cotton swab. Anybody here use Q-tips or cotton swabs? Yes. Yeah, but not in my ear. So, lo and behold, I took out a cotton swab the other day. It must have been two days ago. And uh, I started putting it in my ear. I put one side in one ear and the other side in the other ear. I pulled a cotton swab out for you. And I didn't know it, but one of the sides was lacking the cotton. 
Ah, oh, gee whiz. Do you know what, what the, what's inside? <laughs> if you don't have cotton, what do you have? Well, this one's made out of it's wood. Not a hole in the middle layer. Right. Yeah. So you stick it in, and you start to do whatever you got. And they say, don't go too far, right? They're all the ear doctors, right? Don't go, otologists. Don't go too far. Uh, and like, um, remember what John Sterling said when the, when the foul ball hit him? Ow! 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 ow, ow. It really hurts. <laughs> <laughs> it really hurt. It went all the way in. But I think I, I, think I saved a punctured eardrum. Because when I said out the first time, it, I wasn't all the way in. But that could have been a nice lawsuit. What do you think? Any any lawyers? What do you What do you think? If, no, if I, I would have like, if I would have punctured something in there, because no, they stole it, I didn't take it off. It was sitting in the box. One side, zero cotton. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Can I have a it's your word against theirs. No, I would say that. What, they'll ask you why didn't you look at the Q-tip? That's about it. Yeah. Nothing else. Do you I'm get a hundred thousand. You get a hundred thousand. Go right for it. Uh, you know, but still, and you won't pay a cent unless we win. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just said I think I just dodged a bullet. I really, I really do because yeah. I really go in there more further than they tell you to. Been lucky. I'm very lucky. I think. Okay. I just thought you weren't interested in that. All right, Gerald, why don't we go to your highlights report? By the way, you're sponsored this week by Seaweed. Seaweed. <laughs> Is that like kelp? Kelp. Can I make a request, Cheryl? Do 2009 one more time. Is that okay? Mike, uh, Mike I don't have it in front of me. It's in the rear view mirror. Go ahead. Okay, today I'm going to review the MLB season for 2010. These are what I believe to be the key facts about the 2010 MLB season for the awards and leaders, I will name the National League player followed by the American League player. Key awards, MVP, Joey Votto, the great Joey Votto, and Josh Hamilton. What a shame about his career. Yep. Rookie of the year, Buster Posey. Yeah. Eftali Feliz, Cy Young. Roy Holiday and Felix Hernandez, key leaders, batting average, Carlos Gonzalez and Josh Hamilton, home runs, Albert Pujols and Jose Bautista, RBIs, Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera, who's retiring soon, ERA, Josh Johnson and Felix Hernandez. Some interesting highlights of the 2010 MLB season. Steven Strasburg of the National of the National struck at 41 batters in his first four MLB starts, an MLB record. By the way, he's been on the IL probably for 35 percent of his career or more. Yeah, well, he, he's through. Manny Ramirez became the 14th player in MLB history to hit 500 career home runs. Yes. Andrew Jones yes. hit his 400th career home run on July 11th. A-Rod, A-Freud, gum disease, Rodriguez hit his 600th career home run. Big Ryan Howard, this is some record, hit his 250th career home run. In terms of games played in the career, he was the fastest to reach the mark in history. 
in his 855th game. What a player he was. Perfect game was thrown by Dallas Braden and Roy Holiday. Roy Holiday pitched the first postseason no-hitter since Big Don Lawson's 1956 perfect game. Bobby Cox of Atlanta became the fourth manager in history to win 2,500 games. And flamethrower fastball pitcher Jamie Moyer became the <laughs> oldest pitcher to throw a complete game shutout in MLB history at age 47 years and 120 days. It's been said that his fastball clock a little bit higher than little league pitchers, but not quite. In the 106th edition of the World Series, the Giants beat the Rangers four games to one. The series MVP was Edgar Renteria. The Giants far out pitched and far out hit the Rangers. Madison Bumgarner pitched eight scoreless innings and was the best pitcher uh, in the World Series. And that completes my review of the 2010 MLB season. Who'd like to uh, comment, uh, Mike? Okay, Mike. I always compared the 2010 season as Giants to the 1973 Mets. The 1973 Mets were literally a nothing team. They hovered around the middle of the standings, sometimes even closer to the bottom. And all of a sudden, they caught fire in a bottle. The same thing with the Giants in 2010. Whoever heard of it? Edgar Renteria. He led the team. He, he was playing like Babe Ruth. And all of a sudden, the Giants became that good. And they win the World Series. And it just goes to show you, you never know when a team gets hot and it could happen to any team at any time. Maybe absolutely. Absolutely witnessed the Atlanta Braves and the Philadelphia Phillies the last couple of years. Yeah. Get hot at the right time. The Mets are always hot at the wrong time. Larry, Larry S. Strasburg hasn't pitched for two years now and he has nerve damage. They yeah. Think, they think he's through. He's finished, right, Larry? It's a shame. Yeah. Unless he learns a knuckleball and throws it like uh, 45 miles per hour. Yeah, like with his left, with his left hand. Left hand. <laughs> left hand right. Well, that that Giants team had uh, Tim Linscom, right? Yep. And uh, yeah. Matt uh, something. Kane. Kane. Yeah, yeah. And so they they had a big two. Bumgardner came up late. I recall he wasn't there the whole year, and uh, so they had they had a big they had two you could rely on every time they came around. In the also like, and Posey made a big difference to that team. Was they, a terrific catcher. Know, yeah, he was a terrific catcher, uh, and he you know he could hit. He played at an, at an all star level almost from the beginning, so they did come out of nowhere in a way. But the the pitching had started to set up even before that season. <clears throat> What's with them? They they won every every other year. Remember, they won ten. They won in twenty twelve and twenty fourteen, which I thought right. was so strange. <laughs> yeah. And they were well managed by Bruce Boti Boti, however you pronounce Boti. it. Boti. Boti. Boti, yeah, right. Who had who had managed San Diego uh, effectively for a few years and then left there, came to the Giants, and began a, a kind of a Hall of Fame career with the Giants. Sure. And he's back, as you all know. And, and he's doing uh, a great where, job where in Texas. Are, where are the Texas Rangers, right? Yeah. We'll see what happens to the rest we'll of the year. Tomorrow. What's tomorrow? They play the Yankees. Oh, they had the Yankees happen this week? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're coming in. They're coming in. Right. Yeah. 
Okay, anybody else got a comment? Or we can move it on. All right, thanks there, uh, Gerald. Uh, Milton went to his grandson's graduation and will not join us today. Oh, nice. <laughs> what knife? So no, no songs today, <laughs> but he says he'll be ready next week. Uh, as far as beep beeps go, at a couple, uh, the Angels have a shortstop. Zach Nito. N-E-T-O. It like like Nito. Wasn't that like a, a groovy? Nito? N-E-A-T-O. I don't know. And uh, for those who follow the USFL, which we'll get to in a few minutes, the Michigan really? Panthers, believe it or not, have a defensive end called Breland Speaks. <laughs> Breland Speaks. Okay. I thought that was unusual. Yeah. Okay. This day in sports. What's today? Today's June 20. What's today? 22nd. 22nd. Right. 22nd. Uh, yeah. Let's see what happened in on this day. Uh, back in 1874, the game Lawn Tennis, which of course was was introduced. And that's that's tennis, you know. I mean, lawn tennis is what tennis is today, basically the same basic game. And it was uh, introduced uh, in, in 1874. In 1889, the Louisville Colonels. I guess that was a major league baseball team back then. <clears throat> they uh, they lost their 26th consecutive game. <laughs> um, in 1925, as we work our way up to the present, the Pirates beat the Cardinals 24 to six. With Kiki Koila, Kyla, Kyla, right? Yeah. And Pie Trainer, each each of them hitting Grand Slam home runs, and Max Carey getting two hits in the first inning and two hits in the eighth inning. Hmm, on their way. Uh, and 26, 1926, the Cardinals picked up 39-year-old Grover Cleveland Alexander on waivers. They didn't waivers back then from the Cubs. Uh, it's 1926. He went on pitch till 1930, and of course he had that Hall of Fame career pitching with the Cubs, the Cards, and he ended with the uh, the Phillies. Uh, in 1930, here's a good one. 1930, Luke Garrett hits three home runs in one game in a 20 to 13 win over the uh, Philadelphia A's. It was the opening game of a doubleheader. Uh, Babe Ruth hit three home runs the night before and two more during the game that Garrick hit. Thank you. Babe hit two, and then Babe hit one in the nightcap. So we start with uh, the feat that Lou Gehrig did, but Ruth tied a major league record at the time with five homers in two games and six homers in three games. I'm sure those records have been broken since. Yeah, boxing. 1937, challenger Joe Lewis knocks out James J. Braddock in the Mm -hmm. eighth round at Chicago's Comiskey Park for the World Heavyweight Championship. 1938, Joe Lewis scores a stunning first-round knockout of Max Schmeling. Where was that? Yankee Stadium, wasn't it? Yankee Stadium to retain that title. Remember Uh, the boxing call? 
a yeah. shot to the left, a shot to the head, a shot to the side, and Sperling is down. Okay. <laughs> In 47, Cincinnati has a pitcher, Yule Blackwell. Oh, yeah. Whip. Mm-hmm. Almost duplicated Johnny Vandermeer's two consecutive no-hitters. Uh, he had a no-hitter. What was his the second game, he went to the ninth inning with one out and before Eddie Stanky got a hit. He almost got two no-hitters back-to-back. His nickname, everybody. What was his nickname? Yule Blackwell. The Whip. The Whip. The Whip. The whip. Uh, in 1961, Mr. Cub, Ernie Banks, ends a 717 consecutive game streak. In 1962, Boog, John Boog Powell, playing first base, of course, for the Baltimore Orioles, hits a home run. If you remember their old stadium, they had hedges in center field to look beautiful. He hit the ball over the hedges. Memorial Park. Memorial Park, a 469-foot shot off of Don Schwal. Does that name sound familiar, Don Schwal? Yeah, I remember in Boston. Boston, right. Uh, let's see, in 1976, San Diego Padres pitcher Randy Jones ties a record of 68 innings without a walk. Of course, he also ended up as a Met. I don't know what he did that season. Probably not too good. Probably not much. <laughs> In 1980, American golfer Don January, you guys remember him, right? Beats uh, Mike Suchek by two strokes to win a senior tournament, and that was supposed to be the first senior tournament. In 1981, John McEnroe's famous, uh, you cannot be serious, rant in the first round. (laughs) In the first round, over Tom Gullickson at Wimbledon. Let's see what else happened. Oh, 1983 was the year the NHL instituted a five-minute sudden death overtime period. So 83s when they had that. Uh, in 87, Tom Seaver retires for the retires after his third time being with the Mets. I didn't realize he came back a third time. You guys remember remember that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I remember they lost him because uh, they didn't yeah. protect him after he came back the second time. Exactly. Yeah. He came back a third time and he retired with them. Yeah, but 19- he might have come back for one day, maybe. Maybe you know, to come back and retire as a Met. Maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll do some research on that. In 1990, Billy Joel performs that famous concert at Yankee Stadium. 1990, a long time ago. Uh, in 1990, uh, Atlanta Braves replaced manager Russ Nixon with general manager Bobby Cox, and that starts the Bobby Cox Hall of Fame yep. road. Uh, let's see. Oh, 1993, Mets pitcher Anthony Young, who I met in person, ties the record for the most straight losses at 23. That 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 uh, tied the record. He went on to do have twenty seven straight losses. <laughs> oh, Nick fans, us Nick fan. Nineteen ninety four, the Rockets beat the Knicks in the championship on this day, and they won that uh, four games to three. Uh, in twenty sixteen, the NHL owners approved Las Vegas as an expansion team, and we know what they did this year. So 2016, they started. So a short uh, few years later, here we go. 
2022, the Angels Shohei Otani strikes out 13 batters and retires 23 of the last 24 batters he faces in a win over Kansas City. And, of course, tonight, tonight, the NBA draft. Right. to put down this day right. because Victor, how do you pronounce it? Wembyama. Wembyama. Will be picked as number one by the uh, the San Antonio Spurs. What do you have there, uh, Joe? So I did a little research on Tom Seaver. He was a New York Med from 1967 to 1977. Then he went to Cincinnati from 77 to 82. Became a Med again in 1983. White Sox 84 and 85. And that was and uh, and 86. And he finished his career, if this is correct, in Boston in 1986. So he's on the Mets two two times. Said three times. So maybe to come back for one day. Maybe yeah, he like a lot of these guys do. They come back. They come yeah. back, retire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. Thank you for that. And we're going to go on to sports stories by Larry, sponsored by a seesaw. <laughs> okay. Your love's like a seesaw, my story, my story this week is entitled Pele and now Lionel Messi playing in America. Brazilian soccer player Pele joined the New York Cosmos team in 1975 and catapulted the sport into the American mainstream. By the time the 37-year-old Pele retired in 1977, average MLS attendance almost doubled and merchandise sales went through the roof. On October 1, 1977, 77,000 fans turned out in Giant Stadium to say goodbye to Pele. Overall, Pele played 20 years from 1957 to 1977. Seven and scored 762 goals, a record at that time. But there seems to be a similar buzz surrounding the 37-year-old Argentinian Lionel Messi, who who should come to the Inter Miami team by mid-July 2023. Messi topped Pele with 807 goals in his 19-year career so far from 2004 to the present. As soon as Lionel Messi announced he is coming to play with Inter Miami, its home game ticket prices soared tenfold on the open market from about $50 to $500. Could Messi also markedly raise MLS attendance and merchandise sales? That completes my story for this week. Okay. Anyone like to comment? Yeah. Yeah, we got a comment always. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I have a question for Larry or for anybody else. So what happened to the soccer league? Was it marketing? Was it boredom? Because I went to a game or two and, you know, they had Canalia and Beckenbauer and, and uh, you know, they, they, they was an ent- entertaining thing to do. Even for somebody like me who never really was weaned on soccer, so what do you suppose happened? It was just marketing. Why would it fall apart like it did? Boring. Well, it's still, it's still well. You, you could it has very few goals, as you know, and that and that doesn't sit very well in America. That's part of the problem. And that's why hockey never really made it huge. Still, yeah, it's amazing. It's really amazing. 
They never develop their heroes. Without heroes, you don't do anything. You got to have somebody you want to go and see. That's why Messi will do something for the game again. You want to go see him. Then you pay the money. Then people more and more come in. You get you get a whole bunch of these guys, and it's uh, worth it. It's like that football league now. That that there's, there's nobody really watches that thing very much because nope. no heroes yet or anything. Right, right. That's a good point, Mark. Any of you guys play soccer as a kid? Any people on the screen? One, two, two, three. And you like the sport? I mean, play played. You know, with that counted. Didn't <laughs> I mean, really just kicking a soccer ball around. My kids played in the 1970s. It was a big thing over here in Virginia. Yeah, yeah. Too much running. (laughs) And I was in shape. Too much running, you know? Baseball. Stay in the outfield. Wait for the the ball to come. (laughs) Gerald. There was a theory that the reason why soccer didn't catch on in this country uh, uh, until about maybe 10 years ago, it's a sport that does not allow you to use your hands. And that was thought to be uh, not very popular among American sports where you can't use your hands. So that was just the theory as to why it was not popular, at least in the beginning. I, I, I also believe that to see a score, they play, they play 90 minutes, and uh, the end, the final score is one nothing. <laughs> a little boring. Yeah. You know, you can't really call it a failure. They average about twenty thousand people yeah. a, a game. You, know, you see how many it. teams there are in the major league soccer? Oh, it's twenty-nine. Twenty-nine teams, and they're ready for an expansion to have a thirtieth. Uh, Gerald, what do you got? I noticed that in soccer, there's no mobile back lookalike. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that. Let's go on to... Hey, Mark. Uh, Mark. Yes, yes. Can I put in my two cents on the soccer? Yeah, where, where are you, by the way? I'm just walking. I'm walking back to the department. I do a quick errand. I thought errand. you were playing soccer. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, that's, <laughs> that's it. I mean, I, I was one of three boys. And my dad did not want us playing football, so soccer was the alternative. And you guys are talking about not using your hands. I actually became a goalie. So uh, just playing in camp one summer, the counselor threw the ball, I caught it. So that's how I started playing goalie. But, uh, yeah, I think the NASL with Pele, I think they, yeah, they expanded way too fast. Um, they're trying to cash in. They put a franchise in Tulsa, of all places. It didn't make a lot of sense. You know, so I think that, that was part of it. I mean, uh, right, there were some stars, right? People couldn't relate to it. There wasn't a lot of scoring. I mean, that was part of it, too. But uh, now you watch some of these international matches. I mean, it's it's amazing what these guys can do with a ball. Yeah. You know, the, just the dribbling. It's more, you know, the score is just the, the final product. But, you know, what goes on during the game. And, again, the TV can't show you mostly what's going on. You're getting one little piece of the action. So, but, uh, yeah, we'll see what Messi can do. I mean, I, I got to see Pele play a little bit. My dad would take me to some of the Cosmos games and stuff. But, um yeah, no, it's it's okay. different, especially from you, Mark. A phys ed teacher not liking to run, I, did, I didn't like to hear that. So, but yeah, yeah. you got to be in shape to play this game. The you clock guys, doesn't you stop. Guys, I tell the guy, you guys run, I'll sit and watch. <laughs> I'll run with you. Too much, uh, too much. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Roger, um, can I can I make a comment? Uh, yeah, hold on, Mark? Mike. 
Roger, right. before, as you go in and out of the, uh, the, 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 the light, when you become like all like silhouetted dog, you look like a horse. <laughs> right a little bit. Right, yeah. ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah, so um, I, I mean, Messi might help some, but I don't think he's going to make the difference. No. Yeah. Um, no. I lived for a year in England, and, in London, and I followed Chelsea and used to go to their games. And so I began to eventually develop an appreciation for what it was about and why people like the game. It's not just the scoring, it's the mounting of an attack, a skillful mounting of an attack. That usually the thing ends up with a shot going over the goal or you know the goalie hits it, gets it, and so on. So most of the time they aren't successful, but a, a successful mounting, just passing it back and forth, getting it to the inside, getting somebody to actually get a kick near the goal or at the goal, that's appreciated. And people, you know, if, if a team is good at doing that, then the fans love it. And, you know, they'll, that's why the best clubs, I mean, they're very good at that. And that's what, uh, that's what their fans appreciate. So there's that. And then there's all the singing of the songs, you know, all that kind of stuff and the color. But that's really when you, when you try to analyze what's, what's, a, what's good about this game that people actually like, that's what it is. All right. In Europe, not here, though. Yeah. Joe, no, exactly right. Joe, then Steve, and then Michael. Yeah. yeah, I would just say that I think that that comment by Mike is, is right on point, that the it's the inner game, and it's hard, if you don't know it, to recognize it when you're watching it. To me, it's just a lot of people moving around, because I know I don't understand what's really going on, the level of skill that's required, and I'm not inclined to learn about it, but I think he's right about that. I don't know. I just just there for ninety minutes of continuous action there. Oh, nice, nice run and nice, nice pass, nice pass. Oh, you lost the ball. Okay. <laughs> because we don't, we don't, we don't understand. We Listen, don't understand what's, so what's going on. I, I mean, how old am I? I'm not going to learn it right. I'm not what? either. Uh, Stephen. Yeah, I've been keeping the uh, the clock hey, of high school oh, soccer team. It's, it's a sport. Stephen G, hold no. on one second. Stephen R is talking. Hold on. You can be yeah. next. The sport, yeah. I've been keeping the clock in my sport is very difficult for a team for to play. 55 years. Yeah, break. No. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Stephen R. Stephen uh, uh, G, hold on yeah, one second. It's coming here in a couple G, of G. years. It's going to get a lot of publicity. And I imagine they're going to do there'll be a lot of a lot of teaching of the game. Yeah, that may make a, di a difference. Yeah, no, it's not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. All right, other Stephen. Give me too many Stephen. Okay. I, I started to say that I've been keeping the clock in my high school for over fifty years. We've won five state championships, but the level of how they play is unbelievable. It's it, there, and it's killing uh, little league football. You know, uh, someone was I think Roger was saying that he played little league soccer. It's uh, the soccer is so many more kids participating in soccer than football. It's unbelievable. Meanwhile, you have any children? I never asked. You have children? Yes. Okay. Two boys. Boy, two boys. What's the first thing you bought them? A baseball glove. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be all. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anybody else want to? Uh, Mike C. Yeah, yeah. One more. Well, this is, you know, I've been overseas for the mm -hmm. past couple of weeks, and this is a quick sports report from Israel. So the Israeli under 21 soccer team was in the world championships, was not expected to do a thing, 
against all the teams from Europe and South America, all these places. And they ended up uh, getting themselves into the semifinals of that <laughs> tournament. They lost in the semis, maybe to Venezuela or somebody like that. But they played South Korea in the bronze cup game, I guess you'd call it, and won uh, three to one. So they finished third in the under 21, much to the surprise of the entire world. Very good. But as much as I love Israel, I don't care. <laughs> That's me. That's me. I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm just voicing my opinion. Anybody else want to comment about this? Okay. Let's move on. Michael, M MJF, back to the initials. you have any Yankees and Jets rants? And he's hey, not Mark. What happened? Where did you go? Give me about five minutes. My, oh, yeah, I lost we'll, my audio. We'll, we'll move back. on to uh, Mets Moments by Joe. Do you have anything prepared this week? Yep. Oh, you, by the way, you're sponsored by Sewers. <laughs> you know. As in, a two sewer, as in a two-sewer shot and stick ball? Well, you're talking about the Mets, so we have to go down the sewer, right? I know, one sewer, <laughs> anyway, yeah. What do you so, got as far as the Mets go? Well, nothing positive. I mean, I'm a negative kind of guy to begin with. It's just really nothing positive. There's one big thing I thought that happened. I'll save that for the ends. But um, first, a couple of things, about three, about three things that are pretty indicative of what's going on. At one point last night, they fell 13 and a half games behind the Braves. I think it's 14 now because the Braves yeah, won. Braves, Braves won today. Yeah, okay. So they're 14 yeah. behind, but that 13 and a half is a very important number for uh, a certain uh, for Giant fans. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because they, they were 13 and a half games when they started their run in 1951. Anyway, the Mets are not going to start any run this year. Um, in the last... Eight series, they've won one, lost six, and tied one. And I don't think they lost their first series last year until sometime in the middle of the season, if not, you know, towards the uh, second half, right? So, and they, and they still continue to make uh, make misplays. Last night, Nimmo got thrown out trying to stretch a two-out single. That's one of the... One of the no-nos in baseball that everybody knows. You just never make the third out. Trying to stretch something. Alonzo ran out of the baseline. And uh, Navias was caught in catches interference. This is just a continuing pattern. They're, they're clearly stressing. And nobody, you know, they're unable to loosen up. And I don't know if that's on the manager. I don't know if the, I don't know what they would do. I don't know. Maybe uh, take them out to an amusement park or something. <laughs> they managed they had last year. And meanwhile, they, if someone hit a three-run homer and they won the game 11-10, you uh, wouldn't be talking about this, right? What? If someone hit a three-run, if a Met hit a three-run homer at, let's say, in the ninth inning and they held on and won 11-10, to 10, uh, yeah, but it, but you wouldn't they, be they, so critical on the loss. But they're, un they're unable to build on anything, Mark. And finally, I'll get to the biggest piece. Uh, who did they who did they send down when they activated Alonzo? What's his name? Bientos. Bientos. So that, that shows you that shows you where their heads are at. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're still. Bientos or, 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 or Chubby. What's Chubby's name? 
They're still believing that they can win with the with the uh, players that they have. I don't uh, I don't know what more they need to see. Hey, we Vogelback's having a big surgeons. Hmm? I said Vogelback's the, uh, uh, the, come on, come the bright light. I'm on. not no. he hey he is, but he hasn't made any difference. He had he had uh, he's done well, they've won one game. He's not gonna make the difference. He's How could you have some on the team who can't play the field? And can't run the bases. Can't, run. can't do anything. I mean, I like. I think he's. Uh, you know, he seems like a nice guy. I'm, but I don't think. I don't think he's the future. Larry. Larry K. On the club. Larry Concept. Yes. We went to your game when you sang the Star Spangled Banner. The Mets swept the Phillies. Remember that week? Right. Yes. They won the three games, and after that, that's when the air was taken out. They seem. They seem to score. When they don't need the runs, and when a pitcher is having a little bit of difficulty, they don't score. Yeah. And, and it goes back and forth and back and forth, and therefore it makes it very difficult. Now, I put, I put $10 on the first game against Houston, and, and they, they beat Houston up. They loads of runs, and then they can't score after that. And then... Every time they do score, the pitcher gives up a few more runs. It's a very difficult team to watch. Yes. But the point is, if they put it all together, I could see 10 wins in a row if they put it together. And with the proper coaching and managing, maybe they will. They don't have the pitching. You have a big game that. coming up in September on Jewish Heritage Day. Don't forget to get your tickets, by the way. Yeah, Mine are in already. It won't be hard day for of to get weekend. tickets. They'll be giving them away <laughs> at, this, at this point. Yeah. Larry, I think, I, think that, I think that you're right. Um, but, you know, you could see when uh, I watched the game the other night when um, he went to a 3-0 count on Nimmo, the pitcher for um, – Houston. I'm trying to remember his name now. He, he won the uh, one big game in the World Series last oh, year. Valdez, Valdez. Valdez. And then he came back, and then he got the next two batters. And you could see that he was on that night. Was, and that was the game he had a perfect and, game into the sixth, right? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, and then Verlander was able to get out of the first inning, and then he gave up a three-run homer in the second, and that was it. And they came back almost. They did. They, they almost, back, almost, almost came and, back. As Mark said, if somebody hit a home run in that bottom of the night, top of the yeah. night, would have been a different picture. But but they're yeah, not. I mean, Beatty, Beatty, Beatty was robbed of a hit yesterday. But uh, Jeff McNeil, who had a great year last year, came up with men on base twice, did nothing. Yeah. He's hitting 265 now. Becoming a ground ball hitter. Not getting the ball up enough. I mean, I, I honestly, I, I mean, just in general, I honestly thought that the averages would go up this year because they removed the shift, but I don't see any difference. <laughs> MLB doesn't value. MLB doesn't value. Isn't McNeil said, leading the league and getting hit? I don't know. I think he is. I don't know. Yeah, he just goes to the camera. He gets that. Gerald, what do you have? So Joe, Joe, I was going to mention to you, I thought, I thought that McNeil was going to be like Rod Carew, particularly coming off of last year. And I can't believe it. He's sitting in the 260s. And parenthetically, I want to know, Joe, 
this is just a joke, but I, I do have Vogelback shirt on right now. It's one of the <laughs> first ones to get it as a joke. Just to let you know. And I wanted to mention, Mark, I wanted to mention a story I, I told before we went on the air. Listen Damn. to this joke. I was at a pet store in, in Patchogue, Country Critters. So I'm approaching the entrance of the store and a guy's coming out of the store and starts screaming at me. I had my Mets hat on. I had my Mets shirt on. He's screaming at me. This is on Monday. I lost $50,000. I bet on the Mets yesterday and I lost. And you're wearing that stupid Mets shirt and it's a hobby shirt, no less. I hated him. I thought I was going to lose my life, but I survived. <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky you're in Suffolk, right? Right, Stephen? Yes, Suffolk. Yeah. Good thing, Suffolk. Good thing didn't have a gun crazy out there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you for that report. Howie's at the Giant game, so he's not joining us for West Coast sports. But we have, because Mike, Mike C is back. From, yep. he, went, he went to Israel, Jordan. Then where does Maine? No. No, just oh, those two. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was enough. Interesting. You have any sports happenings in DC? <laughs> DC. Or yeah. you want to tell us about Israel and, and Jordan? Anything? No, I'll, I'll, I mean, obviously, the big story in Washington is the unloading by the Wizards of their yeah. three star players and trying to make sense out of what they're doing. To my knowledge, they didn't get even the first round draft choice out of any of those. Uh, right. Although I, I don't know the, all the facts on the third trade, but any, the Porzingis trade. But in any case, so what's going on? What was what was the philosophy, if you want to call it that, behind this? I think the new they have a new president of team operations, new GM, all that, and I think they they came to the conclusion that this team could not could not much rise with the material they had. They're carrying a max contract. They were carrying a max contract with Beal. Beal is a fine player, but he's not a kind of player, not a franchise player. He cannot carry a team. They would have to get another player, uh, you know, I mean, a LeBron or somebody of that caliber playing with Beal to give them a shot. They didn't see any way to do that. They saw the max contract as a kind of a uh, albatross around their, their shoulders. And so they let him go, knowing that Kuzma would never renew with the team once he uh, saw that because this would never be a winning team uh, in the near future. So Kuzma left, and that saved about $13 million. At least that's what he's been getting paid, but I think he'll get more uh, with the new team. And that left only Porzingis, and so how to move him and try to get something out of that, and clear the decks. That's, that's and, and clear the decks financially is what I mean by that. I think that's the way this, this uh, leadership team views the NBA. It's a team where money is the constraint and you have to find a way to deal with that. And they just decided that they couldn't deal with it with the personnel they had. Uh, they would continue to finish somewhere in the middle of the pack or below, might make the playoffs some years, but not go anywhere. Better to just tear it all down and rebuild and see whether they could build a, a stronger structure. It's, you know, it's dispiriting for the fans of the Washington the Wizards uh, but uh, perhaps realistic. So that's my report for this week. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Larry, S. It's amazing that they signed Bio for $50 million a year. Can you imagine that? And a, and a no-cut uh, contract. 
No trade. It was a no trade contract. That's right. Yeah. $15 million. It's amazing. Nice agent. <laughs> I think that's about the max now, isn't it? 50, 50 a year? Isn't that the max contract level? I don't know. I don't Roughly know. that. I don't know. All right. Thank you for that report. And, and I'm happy you came back from uh, the Mideast. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> uh, Mike, you want to talk about your uh, story or you want to comment? No, a, a comment, then I'll do my stories if you want. I just want to say that uh, I think from going forward, the NBA will be a league where all of these players cannot dictate where on earth they're going. It, it started with LeBron, and the league became very, very annoying that way with uh, LeBron and Durant and uh, Crazy Man uh, Irving. And I think maybe now we're leading to that. And uh, I just hope Silver takes care of that. But if you want me to give my uh, speech, I can give a speech. I have uh, something prepared. Okay, hold like on. I just want to, before we go to you, uh, Mike C., you were sponsored by Grass Seed. And Thank God. And uh, Mike Finer, you're you're sponsored by Sidewalk Chalk. Sidewalk Chalk, <laughs> I use it all the time. So well, give, me your story. With, give us your story. Beginning with the Jets, I said for a while now with uh, Aaron Rodgers on the team, uh, he could lead them to a Super Bowl. Uh, probably not, but I always feel that there will be something that will go wrong when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, and all of a sudden you're reading. And the paper, all of a sudden, he's uh, advocating psychedelics. Mm -hmm. So who the heck knows, who the heck knows if uh, by the time it's midseason, half the Jets are have gone nuts. So uh, <laughs> you know, when you're, you know, when you're in the uh, SO, I'm an SOJ fan. What can I tell you? It's same old Jets. But, uh, you know, that, that's what I feel about Aaron Rodgers. I'm worried. I hope, I hope it works out, you know, uh, as a Jet fan. But with the Yankees, one thing I, I'll say, and then I have a little feature that I would like to uh, present to you guys. Uh, I hope you're all sitting down because I'm starting to feel that the Yankees are going to come around. All of a sudden, it is starting to dawn on me. They have a couple of these players. This McKinney, he's a little bit, a little bit like our uh, Shane Spencer from years back, or Kevin Moss. He's hitting. He's hitting a ton. Yeah. Uh, Bowers, I feel, can hit those home runs. I did not like that early on when he hit those nine home runs in the minors. He comes to the Yankees. He hit, a, he hit a home run almost right off the bat. And all of a sudden, Boone is platooning him. I thought they should have stayed with Bowers for a while. Uh, Calhoun got hurt, but he looked good. And Bader's back. Uh, they have to uh, really have a plan when it comes to LeMayhew. They're resting him now, I see. And I see that every time that Donaldson gets up, the fans yell, DFA. DFA, he's batting, I believe, 135. How on earth do you put a batter 130? That's the lowest batting average maybe in the major leagues. So uh, that's uh, what I've noticed about the Yankees. But Rodon is coming back. Cole is Cole, man. He really great. And uh, I'm not that worried about the Yankees not getting into the playoffs. And then we'll go on from there. Uh, there's a miracle from God game yesterday where – uh, this Brito was getting clobbered in the minors. They used him as an emergency, and he's pitching against one of the best pitchers in the major leagues. And I never thought that would happen, but uh, Brito pitched lights out, and the Yankees were smacking around Castillo. Mm -hmm. And it just goes to show you, like today, tonight, it's going to be the opposite, where it's Germain pitching uh, against maybe the lowest-rung pitcher in the league, this guy Wong, I think, or whatever his name is, 
The Yankees should clobber them, but who the hell knows? That's baseball, Susan. We shall see. Now, uh, I also noticed that Holmes has started to pitch well, which is a nice, nice thing to see. So you never know with the Yankees. But I have a little feature, and I ask everybody to hearken back to what was, I guess they called it one of the best pitch games of the year, the Tuesday game of the Subway Series, where it was Cole against Berlander, and both of them were pitching lights out. And at the end of six innings, I think it was 1-1, and it was really, really a, a well-pitched pitchers battle, and uh, they were really very impressed with how well these pitchers were pitching. But in the Harkening Back Department, June 14th, 1974, there was a game. Uh, Nolan Ryan against Louis Tion. And Nolan Ryan pitched 13 innings that game, and he threw 235 pitches. And Louis Tion pitched all 15 games, all 15 innings. And that's a pitcher's duel. So uh, those things happen. Uh, Ryan had a no decision because uh, they took him out. And when you think of they were playing against the Braves, they had incredible players on the Braves. And uh, it was unbelievable. And then there was another game, uh, Vernon Law, on July 19th, 1955 at Forbes Field. He pitched 18 innings against the Milwaukee Braves, and the Pirates won that game 4-3 in 19 innings. And Law wasn't scheduled to start, but he did pitch. And the Braves at that time had Hank Aaron, Eddie Matthews, Bobby Thompson, Joe Adcock, and yet he pitched 18 innings, nine hits, Two runs and one earned run. So uh, that's uh, a pitching matchup like you wouldn't want to believe. And by the way, one final thing. No pitcher has thrown 18 innings in a single game since that night. And you can imagine. So uh, that's where we're at right now. Anyway, that's all. All right. A couple of comments. Fred? Yeah. Michael, including those great, great games of pitch, the Spahn-Marischal duel, they both pitched 16 innings. Right. Oh, yeah. And that was... Oh, yeah. yeah. I think actually there's been a book written about that game. They didn't keep pitch counts in those days, so. Pitch counts, forget about it. You get, they didn't, you, keep, they didn't you, keep it. threw as long hard as you can. 200 pitches was nothing. Right. Larry S. Uh, what, uh, what's the story on Judge coming back, Mike? Judge is still unknown. We do not know what Judge is going to be doing. It's still, uh, they say he's getting a little bit better, little by little. But there's no timetable for Judge right now as wow. we speak, and it's it's, it's typical of the Yankees. It's very mist. No, that's one thing about the Yankees. A lot of a lot of mysteries going on. Who the heck knows the extent of Lemayhew's injury? I mean, how did, how does he hit through 35 right now, considering what he can do as a hitter? And I wonder whether Lemayhew would be back to what he once was if he was an everyday second baseman. I really think that juggling around from third to second to first is starting to get to him. So, and Stanton, by the way, I, I really think that Stanton and Donaldson should still be in Somerset or, or uh, Scranton right now until they got that swing back. <laughs> What's the point? And also, why are they batting so high in the bat? Even today, I think Donaldson's batting fifth. That's crazy. But if you watch the games, every time that Donaldson strikes out, it's DFA, DFA. So uh, it is what it is. And I don't he's, know he's getting two hits tonight. You'll see. All right. So we'll mouth to God's ears. <laughs> Gerald then Joe yeah. Mike just to put things into perspective in the National League there are 
10 teams that have fewer losses than the Mets. I mentioned this before. In the American League, there are only three teams that have fewer losses than the Yankees, notwithstanding their injury woes with, uh, uh, with Judge and, and Stanton's problems and Donaldson's problems. They're still stacking up pretty well, Mike. And you and know you- what, Jerry? I really think that the adversity is going to do, do well for them. You know, it's like anything else. They're, they really hit the skids as far as luck is concerned. And uh, I, I think that's going to change. I think Rodon is going to take over as a, a co-ace. Uh, Severino, Severino also should have been in the minors for a little bit length of time. The last game he pitched was a little bit better. Uh, and Nestor will come back, Nesty Nestor. And the relief core is very good, very good. And they'll get Hamilton back. And Canely all of a sudden is back. And by the way, one last thing while, I, while I'm speaking, I hate the way uh, Boone handles those pitchers. Yesterday, it was just a horror show. He takes that. Brito is pitching lights out. One guy walks in the sixth inning, he comes out, and then it's relief pitcher. At the leaf, every, every high leverage relief pitcher pitched yesterday. And now watch tonight, you'll see your uh, Ramirez in there, and you'll see your Obreo in there. And that's how the Mets lost game two of the Subway Series. So uh, that bothers me too. Okay. Anybody else? Yeah. Joe? Yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, two comments. The Yankees seem to be getting help from where you wouldn't expect it, as you mentioned, McKinney and Bowers. Two guys off everybody's radar. Mm-hmm. Playing very they well. They do this every year, though. Every season, they get these unsung yeah, heroes. Yeah, but, but that's yeah. important. And the second thing is they're playing Volpe every day. They haven't given up on Volpe in spite of the fact that his average went way down. He's only hitting he's one kept him in there, and I think he's gonna, you know, and I think he's gonna be okay. And I think Double it's important. Home runs, two, uh, ten home runs already. Yes, That's Abby. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Judge comes back, and you got um, Bader and Senna. So uh, who's gonna sit or who's gonna leave? McKinney or Bowers? I, I think that it will be Stanton. They'll be playing more left field. And they'll uh, have uh, Glaber play, play. Glaber will be a. They'll, they'll rotate the DH. They'll have Glaber. They'll have uh, Rizzo. Oh, but somebody, some, one of those new, like Calhoun. One Calhoun got to go. He's, Calhoun, he, got, he got hurt last night. He's out of the picture. Some of his quad. But, but <laughs> the way McKinney's playing, he can't, he's, he's got to be in there sometime, too. Well, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what you know, it's hot, hot now, next week. He could be O for something. Let's move on, okay? Let's move on to Fred uh, finishing up with the, the post-finals and what's happening tonight. Uh, Let's talk uh, basketball, maybe a little hockey. What do you got? All right. Well, in basketball, as you know, tonight's the NBA draft. A lot of speculation, not on the first pick, but there's a lot of pick speculation. Who the Charlotte Hornets are going to pick number two? The, the two guys in running are Brandon Miller from Alabama and Scoot Henderson, who played in the G League at a high school, never played college. And there is a lot of, a lot of speculation who a lot of people think that the Hornets are going to pick uh, Miller because they already have LaMelo Ball at point guard. And we'll see. And, of course, in and as alluded to before, there's been some trades um, prior to the draft. Looks like the Phoenix Suns are going for it with a, a big three now of Bradley Field, Devin Booker, and uh, Kevin Durant. 
So that they're, they're they're all in for championship run next year. The Grizz the Grizzlies today received perhaps one of the one of the best, if not the best, defensive players in the NBA in in Marcus Smart, and they'll they'll have to deal with um, John Morant's suspension for the first twenty five games of the year. And the Celtics got the uh, as unicorns for Porzingis, who who prob- probably now that he's in the same division as the Knicks will be a one to kind and will will probably average twenty five points a game and and destroy the Knicks when he plays them because <laughs> the, the Knicks totally ruined him. And a couple of other trades uh, in the Wizards trade, Chris Paul was was a Wizard for about four or five days and is now on the. Uh, Golden State Warriors traded for Jordan Poole, and the the Wizards also got some guys in the in the Porzingis trade, Tyus Jones, my um from the Celtics, four Celtics four player at Duke, right? Couple a couple other guys I don't remember who, but in the and then and there's probably going to be some trades tonight. That interesting is Portland Trailblazers have the third pick. And there's been some talk about that they want to acquire a veteran, and maybe the team with Lil, team with Damon Lillard. So I don't know if they're going to keep that pick or not. And there, there's been talk about the Knicks who do not have a pick, possibly trading a f- either a future first round pick. They have like ten or eleven going through probably 2031. Some somebody who's now probably 12 years old, but. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and also, there's, there's been talk about them possibly trading Obi Toppin, Toppin yeah. late in the first rounds to the Indiana Pacers, who have the number 26 pick. And and the Nets have picks 21 and 22. And there is def, definite talk that they would like to move up and maybe willing to market one of those picks along with Dorian Finney-Smith and or Royce Royce O'Neal to get into the Maybe not, maybe not the top ten, but somewhere between ten and sixteen. A lot of teams have have two picks in this draft. The Magic are at six and eleven, Rockets four and twenty, Hornets two and twenty-seven, Pacers seven and twenty-six. Or I think I just heard that the Pacers may have traded one of those picks to the to the Denver Nuggets to get back in, in so Nuggets can get into the first round. It's always exciting that. Draft day. You know, you know what you find interesting is that you'll see the interview a guy who, who gets picked and he's all, all thrilled. And I don't know if you, like for example, you don't know if you remember this several years ago. Mikel Bridges was picked by Philadelphia, and his mother was worked for the Sixers. Is I'm I'm thrilled to be with the Sixers. My going to be my hometown. I went to Villanova. Not, little did you know, ten minutes later, he was a Phoenix Sun. Mm-hmm. That that happens a lot, and we'll see what the what what develops tonight. I'm looking forward to being glued to the TV, switching between that and the Yankee game, and and uh, we'll see. And That's tonight, eight o'clock. Eight o'clock on Channel Seven and ESPN. And I think there are the Twins. There are Twins in the draft, or is there? Yeah, brothers? yeah. yeah the, the talk, I don't know much about these guys from the from the uh, G League, but there's two guys. Forget their first names. Thompson, the Thompson Twins. This. They're supposedly going to be picked in the top 10. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of these guys, you don't really see them from the G League. You know, they come right out of high school and they, and they don't go to college. They, you know, they can make some money in the G League and and, they, and then they get drafted. John Stocks. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, Gerald. Mean, and hockey. Well, Fred, oh, go ahead, Gerald. So Fred, Fred uh, I don't follow the NBA much. I used to many years ago. But having said that, my favorite player is Kyrie. Where will he be next year? <laughs> well, that's that, that's a very good question because in in the little time that he played with Luka Doncic, it didn't seem like the, the two of them meshed very well. And, Nobody meshes with him. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah. And also today, by the way, uh, uh, Chris Middleton said he's declining his option is now a, a free agent. And so, so did, um, what's his name, Josh Hart. But I think he's going to resign with the, with, with the Knicks. All indications are that Knicks, the Knicks want him back and he wants to stay there. Good. So we'll have to see. And it should be a very interesting night tonight. And, you know, even if you don't, you know, you know, if you don't get drafted, there's still ways to, you know, or, you know, you just you take a look at the Miami Heat team, and they had, seven, I think, seven guys who were on their team, and, and several who actually, you know, were, were key were key components of their team, and they and and they uh, uh, undrafted, undrafted, mm-hmm. and, the NBA, and if you if you're good enough, they'll find you. Okay, and, some, some and, people and here. Hockey. Yeah. All right, um, Michael, then then Joe, then Gerald again. Right. Uh, everything about what you're saying, Fred, about the NBA, uh, interesting, positive things uh, that are going forward. I'll, I'll look for I'll look forward to the draft. But I want to revisit the uh, the Denver Nuggets. What a beautiful team to watch, and what talent it is! I'm off the charts. And uh, Butler, although he was very very good on Miami, uh, this Murray he was just as good as as Butler. And of course, Jokic is uh, is the most incredible player. Everyone is a big heavy set guy like that. But on the negative side, I have to point out what I saw at that parade in Denver. I've never seen. Uh, it's kind of uh, actually sad. First of all, the players, some of them look like absolute hooligans with the profanities flying around left and right. And I saw the uh, the wife of Jokic uh, with that little baby, and, and Jokic. They're up in the, in the stands. And the wife gets hit with a beer can. Uh, and one of the police officers, his leg gets, uh, he's going to have to get his leg amputated. He got run over by one of the, one of the vehicles. And then they had riots. I think, they, I think I read like 11 people got shot. And that's the negative about basketball. And I do not think that would happen in hockey. off for a minute. Right? I, would, I, don't, I don't think that would happen in hockey. And I do not think no. that would happen in baseball. And you're going to that town on Monday. What's that? Say that You're again. going to that town on Monday. I will be there, and that's yeah. a, that's an eerie thing for me. It's very sad. All the streets that I that I frequent, that's where everything is going on. It was a, it could have been beautiful, but it wasn't. I count how many times you see blood stains on the ground. Let us know. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Take, <laughs> take pictures, take Joe. Pictures. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask Fred a couple of things. Didn't. Uh, the guy you thought, one of the guys you thought might be picked second um, from Miller. Alabama. Miller. I forgot his hmm? Miller. Yeah, he hasn't he had some issues in the past? Yeah, he said, I know the uh, head scout for the Charlotte Hornets. And they, they probably are going to take him because what Fred said, they have ball at point guard. They don't need uh, Scoot. But uh, he was uh, arrested, but then let go. Supposedly yeah. he supplied the guy with the gun that shot somebody. Right, right. So he's uh, he's got some he's baggage. And the, and the second thing I wanted to say is that the, the Celtics 
who are in dire need of leadership. I mean, I know Jason Tatum is, you know, is quite a player, but he has a tendency, as do some of the other Celtics, to disappear in, uh, in crucial moments. You know, witness game seven against Miami. And so they got Porzingis, who also is not a take-charge guy. Got a lot of talent, but he's not a take-charge guy. He'll score 20 points, and then he disappears. Exactly. So I don't know what uh, I don't know what Boston was thinking. I don't know. What I don't know. Are you a Knicks fan? I'm a Knicks fan. Right, so why do you care? I'm a sports fan. Boston wanted Porzingis to match uh, Jokic and um, and Brook Lopez because he's a he's a seven footer who can shoot the three, who can pull yeah. out the opposing team. He uh, averaged like 22 points a game this year, and he played. They have they have no, but Boston Boston has no shortage of guys that can shoot the three. So I don't know. I don't. I don't think that was their problem. I think leadership was a problem with Boston. I'm not sure if this is going to solve it. We'll see. And what's happening with Charlotte? Your, your boy Mitch is there, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, what is he? He's he GM. He's the uh, president and GM. President GM. And uh, Michael Jordan's selling the team. So Michael, but the, but the sale won't go through until after the draft. Until after the draft. So who's doing? Who's running the? Uh, they have no coach, right? They haven't picked a coach yet. No, I think they still have the same guy, right? Don't they have uh, Clifford, I think? I think. Sorry, I'm back. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be gone or not. They, uh, we're talking about the well, Charlotte if, if coach. We get, if we get a new, a new ownership, they'll probably uh, bring in all their own guys. Hmm. So yeah. everything that, relies on him. He's going to make all the moves then. Michael, Mike, no, right. Michael Jordan can't make any moves. No. He's laying well, he, up. Yeah. No, no, he has the final say on who they're picking today. But he's he wants to sell. He sold. Yeah, right. But yeah. he's he's still a president. He's still the owner. Yeah, so he's going to stay in. He's going to stay involved as a minority owner. Minority right. owner, right? Yeah, he yeah. was he, he was tired of being yeah. no pun intended. Walked around yeah. as the uh, right. as the black yeah, uh, right. owner. Uh, Mark, Fred. I got a couple got a couple of hockey things. Oh, yeah, Fred. I want you to talk a little more about the hockey. Well, the, the big the biggest thing today was last night. Henrik Lundqvist was inducted and was named to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Well-deserved. What? Well-deserved. Yep. Well-deserved is right. And the Rangers have a new coach, Peter Lavalette, who hopefully... Retread. You know, the way the words gotten around that during the exit interviews, a lot of the Rangers veteran players said that the previous coach, Gallant, was not very good at in in game adjustments, and hopefully they'll have Lavalette will be better than that, and we'll, we'll we'll see, and maybe they can contend for a Stanley Cup. And the hockey the hockey draft is next week, and I just heard of the the guy is supposed to be number one. I don't know anybody else. We don't know any of those guys. No. <laughs> Mike Mike C. Well, of course, Lavalette was the coach of the Washington Capitals over the last few years. And the general feeling, I think, at least among the sports writers this past season, was that they underperformed. This was a team that, that oh, sure, they were getting old and they lacked speed, et cetera, et cetera. But this was a team that had quite some, some talent and figured to at least make the playoffs, and it did not. And it uh, failed pretty, pretty miserably. It wasn't close. So good luck yeah. with Lavalette, but I wouldn't 
<laughs> Keep your expectations under control. Let's have a Stanley Cup. Well, I, well, I think he'd be. I think he's better than the, the other guy who John Hines, who was rumored, who's coached for nine years and his guys has never gotten out of the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Lavillette does have a cup. Yeah, two thousand six with, with the Car- with the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes, right? And, he, and he, you know, he's, he's been around, you know. So he's like a baseball manager, you know. You could say he's recycled or whatever. But uh, <laughs> we'll, see. we'll see how he meshes with them. We'll right. see. We'll hey, see. Gerald, I wanted to bring up to, uh, two subjects. Jordan is selling out his share of the Hornets. Is he getting three billion dollars? Yeah. Hmm. So, so the Met, the Met franchise was bought by Cohen for two point four billion a couple of years ago. I know there's a lot of variables, and the Hornets are going for three billion. That's incredible to me. Number two, regarding Scherzer, as a general proposition, maybe you know Fred. Scherzer's contract is for forty three point three million for two years, with his option for next year, which will probably obviously exercise. Will he get forty-three and a third million next year, or is that negotiable? I'm not. I'm not sure with these contracts. Pay the truth. All I know, it's a lot more money than I'll ever see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> any of us will ever see. And yeah. I want to go back to the the John Morant story. Okay? Yeah. Only twenty people are a little upset about this. Only twenty-five games suspended for. Yeah. Was it brandishing a gun on social media? The second time he's done that. The first time he did it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I did something wrong. Yeah. Apologize. All that. He does it again. What do you get? Collective bargaining agreement, though. Is that yeah. to do what? What's going to happen the third time? No, something. So, yeah, something with the collective bargaining is, is right. I'm not sure. I don't. Three times a charm. I don't know. If they said if but, David uh, Stern was still the commissioner, he'd be gone for the whole year. At least. One of the conditions with the, the 25-day games is that he's now ineligible for any post-season uh, awards. Awards? Yeah. But he can play. But he, can yeah, play. But he's, he can't get any, which he might have that in his contract, a lot of those incentives. Yeah. About all star team and uh, the yeah. leading score and stuff. You know, those incentive things, yeah. He's yeah. still making a hell of a lot of money, you know what I mean? Yeah. Nice example of him, right? To, for the kids, right? John Moran. You know, his, yeah. no, his, his, his rookie basketball card was going sky high. I don't know what it's worth now, but I'm sure it is still high. And he's such a talent. Yeah. Well, what a shame. Yeah. Okay. You talked about the, the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Pierre, Pierre Dirt. How you say it? Turgeron? Yeah, Turgeron. He's Tergeron. going in. Mike Vernon, goalie going in. Tom Barrasso, he's going in. Barrasso's a goalie. Ken Hitchcock, coach going in. Coach. Right. And Toronto's then there's Caroline, Lewis. I can't read French. Oulet, Oulet. You know French? Anyone know French? O-U-E-L-L-E-T-E. Oulet. Oulet. Yeah, she won four. She, she won four Olympic golds. Never lost Olympic final. She's Swedish, <laughs> and she's going into the Hall of Fame. Two. Okay. Uh, let's see. Anybody? Again, Mike. Why I find some more stuff here? Yeah. Comment on the prices that these basketball and hockey and so on franchises are getting these days. They do seem incredible. 
But the way to think about it is there are approximately 120, 125 uh, major league franchises among the four leagues, the U.S. and a few in Canada. And there are now 770 billionaires in the United States. And, as a, and the number of billionaires keeps going up a lot faster than the number of franchises. And it's essentially that. These things, they never pay. I mean, in, in terms of cash flow, almost none of the teams are going to make high returns for these owners. But in terms of notoriety and acceptance in the community, even hero worship in the community, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, that's where the value is. Yeah. I was a school teacher for 40 years. I'm wearing shirts with holes in it. Uh, Gerald. <laughs> so, 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 Mike, germane to what you just said, Steve Ballmer, two, three years ago, bought the San Diego NBA franchise. And they told him, you're nuts because he spent $2 billion. You know, he's worth over $100 billion with his Microsoft stock. And he said, look, that's my toy. It's a $2 billion yeah. toy. That's what I want. Exactly. All right. Another story developed over the week. Uh, basketball coach, college, he's a Hall of Fame coach in college. Yeah. He was arrested, uh, DUI, yeah. he embarrassed himself in the school. Um, he had to resign in yeah. May. Uh, he was suspended yeah. for three games for anti gay slurs, insulting Catholics, Catholics yeah. on a live yeah. radio show. Yeah. But he's gone now. Mm. His lifetime record was nine thirty-four. This is that anti-Semitic. Yeah, Bob Huggins, uh, not dead, but I think he's third in uh, all-time wins. Good thing. Yeah, he is. I want to. I want to move over to baseball because there are a couple of stories in baseball. Luis Arraz. Uh, uh, Luis Arraz, right? Yeah. But he's got the three eighty-eight now, right? No. Oh. What does he get down to? 398. 398, okay. He went five for five the other day, right? Amazing. Yeah, Amazing. Uh, before time runs out, I want uh, Roger to do something. There were a couple of uh, named deaths in baseball this week. Uh, and uh, Roger, you can talk about George Frazier? I can. I seem to get all the dead people lately, Mark. That's all right. I, I like your <laughs> thoughts. I don't know if it's a trend or something. Remember George Frazier? Yeah. What do you got? Yeah. For the Yankees. Uh, yeah, talk yeah, about pro it. Probably most of us on the screen remember him from when he pitched in the 81 World Series for the Yankees. And unfortunately, he got tagged with th three losses, which I think tied the Major League record at the time. Right. right. Um, I, I was not, I didn't like the 81 season anyway, because it was, you know, that split season with the strike, but. Oh. Yeah, I mean that's 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 what it was. But um, yeah, he uh, he was he was only sixty eight. He probably had an illness for a while. Um, he actually played two seasons at Oklahoma in the College World Series in seventy five and seventy six. Uh, ten, ten seasons roughly in Major League Baseball with five different teams. <laughs> um, he started with the Cardinals, although apparently I, I didn't realize, I forgot about this. He was traded from Milwaukee to the Cardinals for Buck Martinez of all players in the, uh, I guess, the winter of 77. So he's 78 through 80 with the Cardinals. Yankees had him from 81 to 83. Briefly with the Indians, 84. The Cubs, 84 to 86, which he did help them, you know, win a, a division title there. And 86 and 87 with the uh, Twins in 87. He got a, you know, World Series uh, service, yep. ring there. And the Twins won. Um, it was always in the right place. 
Yeah, it's, it's kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. He pitched a couple of scoreless innings in game four of the 87 series, it said. Uh, career kind of undistinguished, 4.20 ERA, uh, 35 and 43. One loss record, but he was, you know, he was mostly kind of a long reliever setup kind of guy. Um, setup. Uh, 499 strikeouts, 29 saves, you know, but he wasn't really a, a closer type. Mike uh, uh, probably knows. Spent almost uh, three decades in broadcast. About eighteen years, he was broadcasting for the Rockies, and, sure. then, and then recently, you know, more for the University of Oklahoma. Uh, and uh, apparently, he was—I guess—out of high school, he was offered a college scholarships in baseball, football, and basketball. I think it was about—it was about six foot five, pretty pretty tall guy. So uh, that's what I got about George. Right. Remember him, yeah. And then, and then Dick Hall. You got to go. Oh, back. George Frazier was 68. Dick Hall, the reliever, was 92. He played, uh, you remember him? He had that herky jerky motion. Orioles, right. Delivery, right? Right. He threw the ball like darts. <laughs> right. He played 52 to 57 and then 59 to 71. I don't know where he was in 58. <laughs> I, I, I think. I think, Mark, he came up as an infielder, if I remember correctly. I don't remember that. Remember as a pit, relief pitcher. Remember the mm -hmm. Orioles dynasty that won the three yeah. American League pennants, two World Series. Uh, he played early for the Pirates. He played for the A's. He played for the Phils. Uh, he's in the Orioles Hall of Fame, for what it's worth. Uh, but Dick Hall, I mean, like, we grew up with him, Dick Hall. And he, and he is gone. Mark, was he a left-hander? No, a righty. A righty. A righty. I got a lot of his cards. Okay. There's a couple of interesting things. So a couple other stories I read that, um, uh, of course, the Royals and the A's aren't, aren't going anywhere this year. Uh -huh. But when, let's see, the Royals rookie left fielder, Samad Taylor, hit a walk-off single. <laughs> they won a game last weekend. Uh, it was his first... I think his first hit, so, but team the game was a walk off single, and the ball was left in the outfield. So his teammate Bobby Witt Jr. ran to the outfield to retrieve the ball to give it to Taylor. I thought that was cool. The ball was just lying there on the ground. How about that? <laughs> don't don't do jumping jacks on that story. <laughs> uh, the Cards and the Giants. Agreed to play a game next season in Alabama's Rickwood Field. I, I never heard of it. Do you guys hear of it? Rickwood Rick Field. It's the oldest professional ballpark in the United States. The former home to the Birmingham Black Barons of the Negro League. The game's going to take place around Juneteenth. The game is also going to pay tribute to uh, Willie Mays. From Birmingham sure. native, okay, and the teams are going to wear the uniforms uh, like the Negro Leagues want back in those days. But that was pretty cool to hear about that. Um, what else do we have? Um, remember a few weeks ago I mentioned that um, if you check the, the batting averages of the top 10 players, yeah. many are below 300. And we thought, as, as I think someone mentioned earlier today, uh, that you thought that the uh, the batting averages would be skyrocketed. Sure. Uh, 
Today, the American League has eight of the ten above 300. The National League has five. five. Five above 300 and five below. Bring back the shift. Bring back the shift. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the A's supposedly moving to Las Vegas, it'll be the first time a franchise has moved three times. They started as the Philly A's, Kansas City, A's, Oakland, and now to Las Vegas. And I thought that was very interesting. Three times the team is moving. What else do we have? Oh, who's in last place? Who's in last place right now? Baseball. Washington. Okay. Now it's, it's close. The A's have 19 wins and the Royals have 20. That should be a race to see each week who's in who's in dead last at the time. We've got to talk about the Cincinnati Reds. Talk about the Cincinnati Reds. You could do it right now. 11 and, 11 and 0, first place Reds. All Eric these young guys. Dela Cruz. I can't. I don't have that card. I can't find it anywhere. What Spencer, a rookie. Spencer Steer, Jake Friedel, Jake Nick Senzel. Who? <laughs> And the, relief, Sam, and the relief pitcher, the relief pitcher who won last yesterday, a guy named Gibo, he's eight and one. You, you you start from scratch and and give a couple. Of years. Remember they were the losing stocks of. Uh, yeah, of yesterday they were losing three nothing. They came back to win five three, and this weekend they got a tough series. Cincinnati at home against Atlanta. Wow. If, if, you, haven't heard it, if you haven't heard it, uh, Ellie De La Cruz, you have to like. Yeah. They have another. They have another guy in the minors waiting to come up. This guy is so fast. Right. <laughs> they make jokes about how fast he is. But he's not quite as fast as Cool Papa Bell, who can shut the light, shut the light in the bedroom, being be in bed before the light goes off. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah that's what Ali said. I that that story. But, but it's nice to see that Joey Votto yeah. is back. Yes, okay. he's the old man of the team. Uh, he after ten months from a left bicep and a rotator cuff surgery, and he promptly home at his first game back. Yeah, nice to see that. Yeah, yeah, there, Joe. So, in looking at Dick Dick Hall's career, he was he was listed as a pitcher and an outfielder in fifty two, fifty three, fifty four. He was a position player. Fifty five was his first year as a pitcher. Okay. I, I don't have cards from way back, but I, I don't have them as a fielder. I have them only as a pitcher. Joe? Yeah, I just wanted to say that there was an article the other the other day in the, in the paper or it was online that Dave Winfield said that he could have done what Otani did. And he backed it up with some statistics that he had when he did pitch. Yeah, I think he pitched in college. Yeah, and he was and pretty good. He was lights out. He right. was a good struck out 12 player. last night. Player. Maybe they didn't give him a break back in those days. They just he said, you, you do it, you're, gonna, you're a hitter. Yeah. Maybe they had no option for him. They just, this is what right. you're doing. Did you see what uh, Gary Cole did when that batter was up? This uh, Caballero, I don't, Jose yeah. Car- Caballero. Did anyone watch the game? What happened? Yeah. He was Wait, like dancing around. Up, I don't understand. He went out of the batter's box, came back in the batter's box, took his time out, fixing his belt and everything like that. And Cole didn't like that. So the next pitch, he threw the ball like 40 yes. feet in the air to the backstop on a pitch. <laughs> and then the following the pitch, he struck him out. out. Struck him out. And he was waving to him. 15. That's so encountered. 
15 Actually, he was waving he, he was waving to service who's the manager of the right. mariners yeah yeah, yeah. talk about the, the reds the marlins what's with the, the miami marlins? The marlins they have and, good pitching and and they're doing it with the pitcher he's like not having a great year i know and our buddy gary sanchez was batting 207 so he's back to his back to his usual ways yeah, and, uh, and the angels remember geo uh, urshela He's yeah. out. Ten months. Oh my God! He broke what his pel- he broke what? his pelvis. Oh no! Really? He fell awkwardly at first yeah. base while trying to beat out a hit. That's oh, a shame. Really? Yeah, that could be a career-ending injury. He was a good player. I liked him. Yeah, yeah. I still remember that play when he remember he dove into the into the into the seats. Foul ball against Tampa when they were yeah in, in the game. I remember in uh in football. For those who care, the USFL is having their, their playoffs this weekend. Okay. I bet yeah. we don't know two of the teams involved. Anybody? I don't know any. Are those Birmingham? Birmingham? Are they Birmingham still playing? One. Are they still playing in, in one location? Like no, they did two, I think, this year. Oh, are they? <laughs> so Birmingham has been two years in a row. A Philadelphia who beat Birmingham last year in the championship game, surprisingly, is not in the playoffs. New Orleans, Pittsburgh, and Michigan are the other three teams. I Good. bet you didn't know that. No, I didn't know. <laughs> but it's on TV this weekend. <laughs> no New Jersey Generals, Mark? <laughs> no, they didn't make it. They didn't make it. They don't Ray play in Lu- Jersey, though. Ray Lewis the third, son of Ray Lewis, died at the age of 28. Did you guys hear about that? Yeah. Drug overdose. Mm. Ain't that right? He Where's played that? football for the University of Miami. Uh, I think I think Ray went there too, right? He did. Yeah, and he was a running back, and he moved to Coastal. I don't understand this one here. He played at University of Miami, then he moved to Coastal Carolina as a cornerback, cornerback, and then he transferred to Division Two Virginia Union. I don't understand. Did just thrown out of school each time? When you go to college, you stay in one school most of the time, right? Not anymore. Not, Not anymore. anymore. So why will you transfer every year? Because you're eligible now. You because you're eligible. You're eligible. Six years of eligibility. If you play to Miami, you want to go to Virginia Union? Maybe he wasn't starting in Miami. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Regularly, yeah. I don't know. So, maybe yeah. he went there for the academics. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> then a clock... A clock. Water basket weaving. He was 28 years old. <laughs> and a clock. The old story about Miami. Miami, make fun of that, yeah. Yeah, water basket. A clock. Haggins. Yeah, linebacker. 46 yeah. years old, no cause mentioned. Outside yeah. linebacker, won Super Bowl with the Steelers during his 13th year career. Steelers, Cardinals, and 49ers. I don't remember him. You guys remember him? Yes. No. No, that name doesn't strike a bell, but you, you got a ring. You got a ring. And uh, San Diego State University is leaving the Mountain West Conference. For those who care, they're going to move before June 30th, uh, paying $16.5 million to leave before June 30th. If they leave after June 30th, it jumps to $34 million. What are they joining? The Pac-10? They may Pac-12. join the Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, the Pac-12. Pac-12. That makes the most sense for them. Uh, the Pac-12 is waiting for a uh, an agreement on a TV deal, which I'm sure 
still get out there. If they, they're losing USC and UCLA. And UCLA, yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. So it makes sense for them to be there. And uh, uh, University of Colorado, newly hired Dion Sanders, may have his left foot amputated. We talked about his toes earlier shows. Now there's no circulation in his foot. And he has to get this done as soon as possible, he says. He says, I have too much work to do for the football season. So she had sh- chop off my leg, and I'll deal with it, but I still have my voice to, t- to coach the kids. My God. Gerald, what do you have? This, this is from Mike Finer and Jeff. Are the Yankees going to reacquire hits? No. Jerry, a verb and a pronoun. No. <laughs> Let him live and be well. Okay. And, oh, uh, yeah, we have more. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Mike, this is for you. I heard on the radio today that the Denver Nuggets being involved in a regional sports network, the home game, the games are not broadcast in Denver unless they're on ESPN or, or TBS. What goes on with the Denver Nuggets and their broadcasting? It's very difficult. It's very strange. The, the, uh, what, was it, op, what, what do they call it? Optima? I, they're, they're, Optima. Neck. I have a lot of problems with them. Yeah, uh, this this Wyndham Clark won the U.S. Open in golf last week. And I don't know if you guys watching the golf over the weekend. I uh, never heard of him prior to. He's an American from Colorado. We talked in Colorado. He beat uh, Rory McIlroy by one stroke. And uh, he's a nice guy. He did the talk you know, all the talk shows during the week. It seems like a really nice guy. I'm happy for him, unless he has something that I don't know about. <laughs> And it was good news to hear that Martina Navratilova is cancer-free. She had throat yeah. cancer oh, and good. breast cancer in January. Wow. And now he's, she good said she's her. cancer-free. Good for her. Oh. Okay. Anybody else want to say anything before we move on to – oh, of course, we know that oh, – there was more to talk about. I'm not going to go into it. Craig Carton's leaving. We talked Yay. about that last week. Good. And Tiki is getting the job to be the uh, what are they going to call it? Evident Tiki Show, starting July twenty fourth. Hey, look at it. That is great news. That is terrific news. And we'll see how well he does. Alicott is doing the uh, doing the midday with. Uh, That's great. That is great. Brandon yeah. Tierney. What'd you yeah. say? Why? I didn't hear you say why. Brandon Tierney and Sal. Uh, Alicott. Yeah. Who is the Two crazy guys. One's a crazy Yankee fan, and the other one's a crazy Met fan. Met fan. So they'll have some nice conversations along the way. And Carton's going to have his other uh, job. He'll be back in jail at one on FS1. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not nice, Jeff. A wow. seven-figure salary, unlike Thank the fan. Right. I'm surprised then. Okay. Money talks. Let money talks is right. All right. So why don't we uh, go to some trivia questions? Because the clock's ticking away. And uh, we could do trivia for about 10 minutes or so and uh, go eat dinner. So let's go to uh, Steve R. Who is the all-time leading rebounder in college basketball? Korea. Will Chamberlain. No. Jabbar. Will Abdul-Jabbar. No. Bill Bill Russell. Before that. Earlier. George George Mikan. George Mikan. Oh, after him. Yeah, I was going to say. After Mikan. So, George, uh, Bill, Bill Russell. Russell. 
If I tell you to school, you'll get it. Well, Fred will get it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So Fred, don't, don't say anything, Fred. What school? LaSalle. <laughs> LaSalle? Tom Gola? Yes. Good one. Oh, Tell me what I know from LaSalle. Wow. <laughs> Tom Gola. <laughs> Who else got a question? All right, uh, Michael. Yeah. Okay. Since 1992, the Yankee managers were Buckshaw Walter, Joe Torrey, Joe Girardi, and Aaron Boone. Name the team that had only three managers and name them. You better say the question again because I lost you. Okay. Name the team that since 1992 have had only three managers. I got name. you. Braves. Go. Braves. Let's hear them. Name them. Bobby Cox. Braves. All, All right. right. Name the three managers. Braves. Snitka. Snitka. Cox. 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 And that was a guy. We said Nixon. 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 No, Eddie yeah. Gonzalez. The guy, the guy who after Cox before Schnitt got. Oh, what's his name? Man. Gonzalez. Freddie yeah. Gonzalez. Minnesota Twins. Oh, you said Freddie Gonzalez. Oh. Minnesota Twins, Michael. No, it was, it, was, it was the Braves. He said. Yeah, but I thought they said there were three teams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. No, no. no. It was three one names. with three, three names. names. Only, only the Braves <laughs> have had three managers. Yeah, no, the entire, entire yeah. question. All right, uh, Gerald. Who had the most triples in a single season in the major leagues? Ever? Did he give us that last week? Yeah. It sounds familiar. <laughs> I did? All right, I don't remember who the answer was. Was that Willie Crawford or something like that? Yeah, Willie Wilson and Lane Johnson. All right, here's another one. The wait, NBA wait. was. Don't you check off the ones you tell us? Come on. I apparently. <laughs> I have sponsors. They're going to leave us. He wants to make us feel good. The NBA was founded in 1946 as the Basketball Association of America. The first official game was played between the New York Knickerbockers and which Canadian. Toronto team? Huskies. Correct. Wow. Very oh, good, Fred. Good Who else? Fred I got one. Fred. I got one. Okay. This month, Luis Araz became the fourth major league player in history to have five, five, uh, five hit games three times in the same month. Who are the other three? Carew. All Hall of Famers. Rod Carew. No. George Brett. George Brett. No. No. No Carew. No Brett. Wow. No. Ted Williams. No. Biggio. Tony Gwynn? Who? Tony Biggio? No. Tony Oliva? No. Each. Are we going way back, Fred? Two of them are going way back, yes. Forget oh the we way back. Right. No, you, you, they're Hall of Famers. You know these guys. Yeah. Ty Cobb? Ty Cobb was one, right. Okay. Chris Sprinkler? No. Rogers Hornsby? 1921 was the, uh, is the one... What's 1921 in 1984. What's Sisler? your initial? What? Sisler? George Sisler's second one, right. Good. Now, the the third, one was 19, third one was 1984, and his name was mentioned previously to, today by somebody in another context. Uh, what's the initials? D.W. D.W. 
mentioned Dave Winfield. Dave Winfield, right. Winfield. So he was the last one prior 1984, to 1984, yeah. Lois Arise. Wow. How do you pronounce it? Arise? Arise. 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 All I know is the guy went two for five yesterday and his batting average did not go up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and, he, and he was in a slump last week. He went 0 for 15. And he went down to 378, but he's, but he's wow. come back up. That's like a hit machine. I got Gerald. Who had the most doubles in a career? Again, the doubles. Doubles. Tris Speaker. Willie Mays. Tris Speaker, 792. Very good, Mark. Oh. Woo. Woo. Let today. me try out for Jeopardy. Let me play that game. You should have that card. <laughs> wow. All right. I got one. There are uh, uh, eight. Let's see. There are, no, there can't be eight. <laughs> <laughs> How about this one? In June 1960, Ted Williams hits his 500th home run. He became the fourth player to ever have 500 or more. Who was one, two, and three? Babe Mel Ott was one. Mel Ott, Babe Ruth, I heard. Jimmy Fox. Jimmy Fox. Next question. <laughs> Go easy. Softball. I got one. you people. Get ahead there. I friend. got one. Okay. Who is the only player in Major League history in this team's first 70 games to have 15 home runs and 30 stolen bases? Acuna. Exactly right. Wow. wow. What a year he's having, huh? What a player. Mark, you should get into Jeopardy, but Aaron Rodgers' career is in Jeopardy, so you can't do that. <laughs> uh, there are eight two-word teams. Eight, eight two-word teams in the four major sports. Nicknames, you mean? Yeah, like Red Maple, Sox, Le White Maple Sox. Leafs. Maple Red Leafs is one. Red Sox and White Sox. Red, Red Sox, Sox White Sox. Golden Knights. Blue Jays. Golden Knights. Blue Golden Jays. State Warriors. What's that? Golden State Warriors. No, that, no. No, 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 no. he means like blue. The nickname. Not, oh, not no. the city, Jerry. The, uh, the, the there, are two, there are three more. Uh, one's, uh, one's basketball and two are hockey. The Red, Red Wings, wings uh, Red Blue, wings, jacket, blue uh, Jackets, Blue Jackets, and the Trail Blazers. Red Trail Blazers, two words, I guess. It's no, one, one word. One. Oh, it's one, one word. One yeah. word, I think, Mark. Okay, so there were seven, not eight. Next question. <laughs> all right, Fred, you got one. Two yeah. minutes. Of, of all the Super Bowl winners, what team had the worst record the pre of any of them the following season? Giants. No. 87? No. No. Jets? Nope. Patriots? Nope. No, definitely not. <laughs> oh, when he got hurt. Oh. Atlanta? They won 10 nope. games that year, Mark. Nope. Carolina? No. Nope. Rams. Rams is right. The 2022 Rams were 5 and 12. That's right. We forgot that final. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. You're right. You're Good right. One. You're right. You're right. One more. One more. Yeah, go. All right. How many major league players have hit, have at least two thousand hits? How many? Oh, I only God. noticed because they said it after McCutcheon just got his two thousand hit. Oh, 
The only reason I know it. 75? No, way Not more. that many. 150. 150. Way more. 210. More. Price wow. is right. That's more. all good. More. 530. Way lower. <laughs> you know, 333. Lower. Do a fire research more. Little lower. Little lower. Little lower. Uh, 306. Some lower. What? What's the freaking number? Come on. 291. <laughs> now, how many can you name? <laughs> <laughs> Homework assignment. Did you get a story about... Um, the one thing I was curious about, who would, who, who's next on the list? I might, is anybody close to 2,000 now? I didn't, I didn't get a chance to look that up. You got to go look it up and see. Probably somebody. Maybe Gerald can look it up. What is um, the baseball player, Glenn Burke, B-U-R-K-E, of the Dodgers, Los Angeles Dodgers in 1977, famous for? Glenn Burke? Glenn Burke of the L.A. Dodgers in First guy to come up to, to say he was gay? Right. No. That's what I no. thought. No, 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 no. <laughs> in, in 1977, they didn't talk about gay. No, but I think he did. I oh, think no, no, right. no, no, no. Okay. He right. was noted for starting the high five. High five. Lap. <laughs> it seems that read this. It seems Dusty Baker homed, uh, and his rookie teammate Burke eagerly awaited his arrival as he crossed home plate, and in the moment of excitement. Burke raised his arm high in the air, leaving Dusty unsure what to do. <laughs> so he ran, jumped up, and slapped his hand, and that was the, they called it the first high five. How about that? He's also the first, or maybe the, the, the guy we talked about last week. Open league player, I think. Didn't we talk about the guy last week that died oh. and supposedly uh, started the high five? Uh, Homer Jones about spiking the football. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> Close. All right, two more no. minutes. We got to go. I think Gerald right, had the answer. All right, yes. I want to go through this quickly, and this this is dated. This is as of August 17, 2021. Plays closest to having 2,000 career hits. Again, August 17, 2021. Jesus. Nelson Cruz, 1878. Elvis Andres, 1834. He made it. Ryan Zimmerman, 1831. Even Longoria, 1799. Andrew McCutcheon made it. Cabrera, one of my favorites, 1753 career hits. Justin Upton, 1747. Altuve, 1728. Stalin Castro, 1722. And Freddie Freeman, 1653. But that was two years ago, right? Yeah. As he didn't make ago. it. He so would know where made it. So many of How should we know? You got to go take each one of those guys and go yeah. look up what they have uh, now. Right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's call it a day, guys. I want to thank you all again for coming on. Tonight we called it a day. We had a very interesting show today. A lot of stuff. Show number one sixty four. <laughs> coming close. Well, next week one sixty five. Which means that's 35 away from 200. 200. <laughs> we got to get new shirts for 200. New shirts yeah. for 200. I'm going to have my yeah. son. But he's, I said to my son that he goes, you know, 35 is how many weeks? Uh, th 35 weeks is how many months? About eight months. Eight maybe months. Eight. <laughs> great. So have a baby. All right. <laughs> Guys, have a great week. Hey, Come you too, everybody. Stay Bye. well.
Keep Bye, guys. Questions. Enjoy. Good Bye. Take it easy, Jeff. Goodbye, guys. Good night, everybody. Good night. Too long.